ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão com outra explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast. My name is Alfredo. I'm here with uh, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, diz olá aos senhores e às senhoras. Olá, senhores senhora. e senhores. And once again, I'm glad to be back on the podcast to talk about our beautiful Benfica who kicked off uh, their Liga Nó season in a flying manner. On the other side of the border, the good border, is Dave de Oliveira. How you doing, Dave? Great to be back on tonight, boys. Uh, like Cristiano said, Good way to kick off the season, so uh, let's kick off the podcast. Absolutely right. And uh, tonight's podcast is number 332. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking back at... Uh, <laughs> we're going to be looking back at Benfica's uh, uh, first round of the Liga Nage uh, Championship against Paso Ferreira at Stadio Luz uh, this past weekend. We'll also look ahead to Benfica's game against Bolnes. That is the second round this weekend. Uh, that's happening at Stadio Jamor. Before we uh, do that, uh, a big shout out to uh, my friend here, Cristiano, whose uh, birthday is today as we record this. Cristiano. Thank you, uh, thank you, thank happy you. Happy birthday, man. Thank you, and thank you to all the listeners who took their beautiful time out of their day to wish me uh, a happy birthday throughout all, you know, all the social media platforms. So much appreciated. <laughs> and carrega benfica, pa. Até a próxima. Yeah, and, since... and if uh, you want to send gifts uh, to Cristiano, you can send them uh, to me first. I got to validate all the uh, gifts, and I know he's looking for batteries for his camera. So uh, send them my way, and I'll give them to Cristiano. <laughs> nice one, Dave. Um, <laughs> that's exactly right. But, but at least batteries that last, right? We got plenty of batteries. Um, not charged. So anyway, and and since we're on the the birthday note, also I wanted to send a special birthday wish to uh, Peggy. Birthday wish or birthday shutout? Yeah, I gotta make his well, birthday, a birthday wish. For him. Birthday wish uh, to Peggy's down under. So it's probably or his birthday has already come and gone. But nonetheless, <laughs> I wanted him uh, happy to, birthday, to hear Peggy. From us. Always a, a good friend of ours. Enjoy and, your day, man, and and thank you for being such a wonderful supporter of the podcast. Absolutely. So let's get uh, get into this Paso Ferreira game. Benfica, after trouncing Sporting in the Super Cup, opened up their Liga Nós. Uh, campaign against Passo Ferreira. I'll give you the lineup real quick. Vlaco Dimos, uh, Tavares, Dias, Ferro, Grimaldo uh, across the back. Uh, Samaris and Florentino. Uh, Pizzi, uh, Rafa on the wings. And uh, Raul de Tomás and Seferovic up front. Cristiano, one of the big topics of the conversation with Gabriel being hurt, uh, who is going to be the choice? Samaris or Tarabt or maybe somebody else? Um Tarap looked like he, he got the he got the nod. Tarap got the nod. Would you watch a different game? How much? Somebody's got the nod. This guy, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm I'm super distracted. He's still thinking he's about, in an alternate universe. Yeah, he's still thinking about Peggy's birthday. I'm sorry. Somebody's got the nod. The Somebody's got the call. Uh, Tarap <laughs> did not get the start. Like I, I I hoped he would. Uh, but yeah, Somebody's you know played alongside Florentino. Um, as many of us predicted he would. I was, uh, as I said before, I was hoping it would be Tarapt. It was not to, to be. 
But Benfica did not start the game off very well. It looked like they were a little bit more nervous than, than anticipated. You know, when you take in consideration a week before, they had just spanked their, you know, cross-city rivals uh, 5-0. So you thought they'd come into this game with, with, with a lot more composure, a lot more calmness in their nerves, but it wasn't to be. They they struggled to, to, to connect a lot of passes. They struggled to, to construct the game and build the game to go forward. Um, and, uh, you know, things weren't as pretty as we uh, hoped they would be. You know, the result, when you look at the final result, it was a magnificent performance, obviously scoring five goals opening uh, opening day of the season. Um, it's nothing to sneeze at, but the performance overall, I think Bruno Lodge said it himself in the post-game press conference. He wasn't too uh, too thrilled with the way Benfica performed throughout the whole match, but obviously the result, scoring five goals, is never easy. Yeah, look, I, I, when you open up uh, at home, and you're able to score five goals, perhaps is is a little bit uh, misleading because, as Cristiano mentioned, Bifiga didn't have that great of uh, a first half. Uh, a lot of sloppy play, a lot of missed passes, especially through the through the midfield with the with the Samaris and Florentino combination. Uh, and Bifiga kind of sees themselves going into the half uh, up to nothing, but. Uh, we have to give credit to uh, Pastor Freire, who uh, really came to the luge, didn't look to lock up in defense, and just played uh, almost eye-to-eye with Benfica, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, we touched on this on last week's podcast when we had our good friend Steve on with us, uh, which was, you know, does the combination of the Samaris and uh, 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 Florentino, does it offer Benfica much going forward? Because we all know how special and how, how, how important of a player Gabriel is in that midfield. He's the link between everything. He makes everything work in that Benfica midfield. And so I know that I've I've questioned this on numerous times, whether, you know, Florentino has enough. Does he offer enough going forward? The same thing with Samaris. I think defensively Florentino is absolutely lights out. But there has been that question amongst all of us at one point or another, um, whether, you know, maybe it's Benfica is better off playing a more offensive player in a Tarap than a Chiquinho, somebody else, maybe moving PZ into the middle, playing Chiquinho on the outside. There's other options that Benfica could play on the outside, and there's other options that Benfica could use uh, in the middle to make things move going forward to create uh, a lot of that space and to create a lot of uh, the ball moving that we're so accustomed to seeing Benfica play on the Brun Lage. So, um, you know, again, Benfica won the game pretty easily. It was a result that, that everyone's pretty, you know, pretty much pleased with. But, again, uh, is Benfica going to go into the Jamor playing against the Bolognese? I know we're getting ahead of time, but is Bruno Lage going to play with two defensive midfielders in the middle once again, or you think he's going to adapt and uh, – and add and, and you know add a player who's more who's got whose characteristics are more of an attacking player um, than they are of more of a defensive player like we've seen in those two defensive guys. What do you think? Yeah, look, I, I think that we said here last week that it was really up to the team that we're playing what kind of strategy was going to be deployed mm-hmm. by uh, Brun Lage. Um, last season we saw Florentino and Samaris at the end of the season so maybe he was looking to replicate that he was looking to uh pick up on some of the habits those two have picked up while they played together in the final stretch of the season last season so I I really don't blame uh Lash for trying out that combination I don't blame him but you mentioned something on last week's podcast where we you and I you and I specifically went back and forth which was he hadn't played a minute in the preseason and now he gets thrown out there into the Sharks, which was kind of, again, I mean. Well, the preseason that we that we saw, 
Yeah, of course. Lige also mentioned that there was a lot of games that they played behind closed doors that we did not see. We did not see uh, Samadis play during that. We didn't see other other players play during that. So, look, I always going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he works with these players uh, day in and day out. So he's obviously going to know who's going to fit his ideas or who's ready to, to assimilate his ideas better. Uh, and his tactical setup better than than anyone else. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think that uh, you know I, I'm I'm this is what I'm thinking. I I know that Tarapt is is perhaps the the next good option, and I've liked what I've seen from Tarapt in that position. Uh, but what about Shikinu, man? Because Shikinu is kind of a guy that could go forward from that position. Also. Agreed, agreed. And look, we all know anyone that listens to the podcast knows how big of a Tarap fan I am. But I just made the point two minutes ago that maybe you could even put a Shikinu on the outside. It's Caio Lucas who wasn't available this weekend. Uh, said I don't know what the what what the other options will be because we don't you know we've seen in two official games this year Blage has kind of shifted and 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 and, and called up different guys. But you could put PZ in the middle and maybe put Shikinu on the outside. You know, he doesn't have to be Tarapt in the middle alongside Florentino. PZ's a guy who has proven uh, over the years at Benfica that he could play that role as well. It just won't be side by side. It'll be kind of, you know, playing in front of, of, of the more natural, we've, you know, the old school number six that we've that we grew up on. And it'll be more of an 8-6 rather than two guys playing side-by-side side like we've seen in Gabriel Florentino, Gabriel and Samaris, Samaris and Florentino. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're looking at when you're looking at Lajos' tactical setup and if he sets up the team, you know, you know that he likes to play with two guys side-by-side. Side. So those two guys have to have the defensive abilities, and I don't think he trusts that PT has that defensive ability. And I'm not saying— But look, that's in a perfect world. That's in a perfect world. If he's got everybody healthy, he's going to play Gabriel side-by-side side with Florentino. Absolutely. But right now, it's not a perfect world. Right now, Benfica doesn't have a player with the abilities that Gabriel has, so something has to give. Right. You're either going to play with a more defensive guy in the middle who's not going to give you much going forward, or you're going to play with a guy like a PZ in the middle that's going to give you a lot going forward and not that much defensively. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, we don't have a like-for-like -like substitute for Gabriel on this roster. You don't have, and the thing is that we don't know if if Chiquinho is able to defend as well as Samaris or even as well as Gabriel. We we certainly have seen Tarapt uh, in that same position, and we've seen how hard this man is working to make sure that he fills in spaces, he fills in gaps. So that by looking at that, you could tell how hard uh, those two guys have to work. And when you look at Florentino, he obviously has a lung. Uh, Samarish is a guy that defends well, but as Cristiano mentioned, you need that second dimension of being able to propel the team into the offensive transition. And we don't feel that Florentino has it right now because he's more of the old school uh, destroyer. And both Cristiano and I were discussing this earlier on in one of our conversations. Uh, so you got to have a guy that can transport the ball, that can make the transitions like a, a an 8-8 eight to eight box to box like Gabriel is. And right now, we really don't see a guy that's like for like for Gabriel, as Cristiano mentioned. So... Who is the best option? Look, one thing's for sure. I think to play for Brun Lage and to be one of his, uh, you know, starting eleven uh, midfielders, right? One of one of the players he, he he decides to start the game with. You have to be a well-rounded player, especially at those two particular positions mm -hmm. in the center of the midfield. Two players that uh, are able to attack and defend. 
Um, and again, uh, as much as I like Terapt, I'm not sure if that's the guy this early in the season that he's going to entrust to, to do exactly that. I think he opted with the more secure options, which was let's be a little bit more um, defensively, uh, well, you know, oriented even, or the, disciplined. Team balance. Absolutely. Just, just look. Just spread the ball around enough. Make sure we stay the compact defensively. Make sure we do our, our our duties and our job the way we anticipate. You know that we anticipate things to go the way we trained all week. Let's make sure we defend first because at the end of the day, if you can't score on us, we can't lose. And so I think he opted for the safest. Uh, for the safe, safest option, which was to play somebody's alongside uh, uh, Furentino. Now, I think going forward, maybe he learns from this game that the two players side-by-side side do struggle a little bit to move the ball. And maybe this weekend on the road, we might see a different option. Uh, I would not be surprised if we do. But again, it doesn't just necessarily have to be uh, Tarapt or, or Shikinu. As I mentioned previously, I think PZ has proven that he can play that role if need be, and I think he's he's also another alternative that Brun Lage will have this weekend to play in the midfield. Yeah, it could be. Certainly, um, I think that we, we've seen Chiquinho on the right, and we've seen Pizzi on the right. We've also seen Pizzi in the middle in, pa- in years past, so is definitely an alternative. Whether he fits or not, uh, but Brun Lage is definitely going to be giving up something uh, in that middle, uh, whether he plays Samaris, whether he plays uh, Pizzi, whether he plays Tarapt, it's not going to be uh, the Gabriel like for like as uh, as we mentioned. Um, 2 nothing at the half. Mifika comes out, much better start of the second half. Paz Ferreira had a, a really good 10-15 minutes in that second half until uh, their red card uh, that they were they were right there with Benfica and they were coming. Yeah, down they to were, Benfica's but you half. know Benfica was you know sometimes Alfredo, uh, you get on me because I get ahead and sometimes I, I I you know I rewind things. I want to go back to the first half. I want to still touch on the Tavares goal, which was just strike a brilliance. I mean, you talk about uh, a goal that really came out of nowhere. Uh, wasn't expected at the time. Did not expect that from him. Beautifully placed opposite post, curl around the goalkeeper. What a magnificent goal for uh, you know to, to get his first goal on the Benfica squad. And Dave will have a a number of stat on that. Uh, you know he becomes the fourth. Go ahead, Dave. Tell tell tell, tell the listeners. Uh, He's uh, the, the one of the uh, four Maiden Seychelles uh, players to score in their debut uh, for Benfica. The other three uh, were uh, Feru. Andre Horta and uh, Nelson Semedo. Strike a genius. If he keeps putting them in the back of the net, I think Bruno Lodge will be uh, very content. He will not be bitching and moaning as much as he was after this game. Yeah, absolutely. Look, at at this point, I think it's a foregone conclusion that uh, Tavares is here to stay. Uh, he's making himself uh, also a viable alternative for Grimaldo, even though he hasn't play, he has yet to play on the left. He is a guy that right now, if you look at him uh, and you're thinking uh, Grimaldo leaves sometime, whether it, it's a winter break or whether it's next uh, next uh, June, uh, you're thinking that we're good. We got this Tavares kid, which is a lot better than we could say when we uh, we had Yuri. So I think that at this time, everybody's confident and the ability that Tavares had, and when you put him on his natural side, which is the left, uh, then I think that that left side is is well uh, is well covered uh, by the the folks that uh, or the the team that we have. Uh, anyway, uh, Dave, let's uh, let's go to you, man. What did you think of the game? And you might as well uh, you know give us the rest of the stats that you've uh, that you've amassed here. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, just to go back a little bit with uh, your debate between uh, Samaris and Florentino, I said last week that I'd uh, like to see Shakingu in that uh, spot there in the middle, um, especially seeing what uh, we saw there in the second half with the chemistry between him, uh, Nuno Tavares, and uh, Pizzi there on the uh, right-hand side. Uh, mind you, that came already when uh, Pasfredeta already had the uh, red card, but I was uh, impressed what I saw from uh, Shikingu, so I hope that uh, Bruno Lage gives him uh, more opportunities going forward. Um, in terms of stats, PT with uh, two goals uh, on the game brings his uh, career total at Benfica to uh, 50 goals. And uh, like we said, Nuno Tavares makes his debut and uh, has a, a goal and uh, two assists. So uh, Benfica starts the season with a 5 nothing win. And this was their sixth straight season with uh, opening up the uh, season with a win. Um, and uh, that beats the stretch from uh, 2005. Uh, back until uh, 2013 when we went nine straight uh, seasons uh, without a win to open up the season. And we went six draws and three losses. So six six years in a row now that we've opened the first game of the season Yeah, with so, a win. So second consecutive 5 nothing, uh lead. And, and certainly uh, the sporting uh, uh, result was a lot more convincing than this was. But still, 5 nothing is nothing to sneak uh, to... to, to, to to sneeze at, can you say it's sneeze at five nothing? Nothing to sneeze at. It's definitely a look. It builds confidence. Uh, Stade Luz was full. People like to watch goals, regardless of whether there was a sloppy first half or not. Always a good way to start the season with the win. And if you could score more than than one goal, uh, why not? Right? We'll take it. Uh, this goes back to Cristiano, uh, Cristiano and I's when we grew up watching Benfica. This is Pasfreira who has just gotten promoted from the second league. This is this is perfectly normal for Benfica to 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 host a team that just got promoted from the second league and spank them. This is perfectly normal. I don't find anything abnormal with this. This is something you and I complained about over the years since we've been doing the podcast together that we miss Benfica do Miladoro, Benfica que reventava com os mangos todos. And this is one of those games that we anticipate um, every single year when Benfica plays a team from, uh, you know, that just got promoted from second division. This is exactly what they should be doing. No. Absolutely. Dave, uh, Let's uh, uh, let's let's get into uh, you could you could talk about Bruno Lage's uh, league record and we could segue right into the the next uh, the next game because uh, th th there's there's a connection here between his record and the next game. Yeah, for sure. So this uh, past weekend was his uh, 20th league game uh, that he's been in charge in Benfica and he's uh, amassed a record of 19 wins, one draw which is happens to be against the team that uh, we're playing up uh, this weekend. But uh, we've also scored 77 goals in those 20 matches, uh, given up 16. So we're averaging about uh, 3.85 goals a game in the league under Bruno Lage. And it's been uh, 13 games where they've scored four or more goals um, since he's uh, taken over uh, in January. So goal and uh, offensive output, definitely increased um, when Bruno Lage took over this uh, club. This game uh, this past Saturday could have been um, with uh, Rui Vitoria in charge last season. This could have been a real nail-biter with uh, 
one nothing victory or maybe even a draw to open up the season. But uh, with Bruno Lage in charge, uh, we have that offensive creativity there to uh, go and uh, create chances and uh, the goal show for it. Yeah, absolutely. So Benfica's uh, uh, against Bolnitz uh, will be this Saturday, 7 p.m. local at Stadio Jamor. Uh, last year, as, as Dave mentioned, it was uh, one of uh, uh, the the negative results, if you could call it a tie, a negative result for Brunelage with the 2-2 tie against uh, Bolnitz at Stadio Luz. Uh, this was came after Luz had gone to the Dragão and, and beat Porto. But they've what is uh, Bolnitz uh, up to so far? They've only played two official games this season, and they have yet to find a win. Yeah, I have yet to find a win. Um, struggling to find goals, uh, too, as well. Uh, they do have uh, Lika and Kika still up front there uh, to lead their attack from uh, last season. But uh, last season, they finished ninth. But uh, they always te- uh, seem to give uh, us problems. Even uh, this is the sad team that we're talking about. But uh, That's right. the uh, our historic uh, record against them is uh, 140 wins, 47 draws, 58 losses. So they're always a team that can give us uh, problems like we've seen in years past. So uh, one good thing is that the grass should be uh, pretty good at the, the Jamur. It's not winter yet in Portugal, so the pitch uh, should be good enough for us to play and not give us uh, problems like it did last season. Yeah. And Bolinas is one of the only team yet to lose to Brunelage, correct, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, he's, he's, that's cor- well. Yeah, they they drew us. Yep, we drew them. The only ones yet yep. to lose to Brunelage. Everyone Benfica has played is beat Benfica has beaten them on the Brunelage, except Bolnes. So Benfica was up two 0 within that's five right. minutes. That's right. Benfica couldn't beat. Uh, couldn't beat Bolnes last season. Uh, they lost uh, under Rui Vitória and then they tied under Brunelage. Uh, so uh, perhaps this is the game, and, and Cristiano, this is this is quite a, a big game, uh, a big game for Benfica, as all games are for Benfica. But this is a game that Benfica can't be looking past because they have Porto coming up Absolutely. after that. Uh, and now that Porto has dropped the three points in the first uh, game of the season, and we're already uh, have a three point advantage, it'll be beautiful. Uh, to host Porto at Stade Luz and to go up six nothing with an opportunity to go up six points. Six points. Uh, it, it, this, well, this that's if Porto doesn't drop another couple of points this weekend. I mean, with the way they've started off the season here, things have been pretty rough for them. Losing as Juve sent, uh, losing today in the Champions League, get knocked out of the Champions League uh, uh, playoffs, and uh, you know a lot of that pressure is going to be on their shoulders coming into the second week of the season. So they can still even drop points second week of the season. But if he gets an opportunity to go up, either you know seven, six at least seven, it maybe even possibly nine points after three rounds of the Portuguese league. Uh, we, 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 you know, we. We don't know what happens until they, until they play, but Benfica is going to have a, at the very least, a great opportunity to uh, to go up six if they handle their business against Bolnes. And I do believe that under this coaching staff with Rui Vitoria, I think Benfica will be prepared. Rui de Vitoria, I mean, I'm sorry, oh, you uh, with uh, Bruno Lage. You, you talk so much about Rui Vitoria that that's that's been ingrained in my brain tonight. But you know, under Bruno Lage, I think Benfica will be prepared. I think they're going to go into the Jamor uh, with that attitude that they want to demolish. Um, uh, because of what they did to Benfica last year, um, they have an opportunity to prove to everyone that they're, you know, they're not to be taken lightly, and they want to head into that game at the start of the lose against their internal rival, um, hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, and let's not forget, people. Despite the the good preseason that Benfica has had, 
so far, and then this magnificent, magnificent start of the new season. This is a team that is yet to hit stride, right? So we're, we're probably not going to hit stride for maybe another another month or month and a half or so. Uh, but nonetheless, you have to feel excited about what your chances are. Um, I wanted to, to ask you something real quick, Cristiano, and, and usually it's something that uh, we don't like talking about other teams here on a podcast, uh, but it's something that directly affects affects Benfica, right? So uh, last year, Benfica went through the same thing that Porto did. They had to play two um, matches or, or two rounds of, of pre-qualifi- pre-qualifiers mm-hmm. Um, in order to make it to the group stage. And there was $40 million at stake that when we looked at it and we spoke about it, it was it was very important that Benfica got, got those $40 million. Porto losing to Krasnodar have lost those $40 million, lost important players uh, on a free from their squad, Brahimi, Herrera, uh, and a couple other guys. Um, how do you... Uh, how do you feel that do you think this Porto at one point or another they will implode or do you feel they will be galvanized by this adversity? We'll see. That's the million dollar question. We'll see how good of a coach uh, Sergio Conceição is now. We'll see how they bounce back from such a, a you know a devastating defeat at home to to Krasnodar, whatever the hell the hell they call a team that had no business. Uh, at least on paper, being on the same pitch as as, as Football Club do Porto and. You know, obviously, to everyone's dismay, at least the Protistas, they they were embarrassed today. Um, being knocked out of of Champions League competition for these guys is a huge, huge hit to their bank account. Uh, and now we'll see what kind of a coach uh, Sergio Cossessar really is. I mean, he is the type of coach, as I've said here many times, he's got that, that fighter uh, attitude, that mentality that is very in your face. And while you're winning, right? You could put up with it. You know, you're winning. It is what it is. Everything's fun in games. It's when you start going through these tough, difficult, you know, moments um, that you really see how uh, an attitude like that, how that in your face uh, mentality really starts to wear thin and, and people start getting sick and tired of that. So I, I do think he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Um, if he's not able to turn this around and, and, and you know, win this weekend and then go into to the lose and try to get at least a draw so like that, it's not week three and they're already six points behind Benfica. Benfica handles their business. Uh, things could get ugly real quickly. And, you know, I won't be surprised if, if this guy – uh, if things start going south, if this guy really gets canned, because we've known at least in, in previous years that you know Pinta Costa has no tolerance for this type of stuff, and so again, um, we'll see what kind of coach Sergio Conceição is as a Benfica. I hope he falls flat on his face, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, and and I was commenting this with uh, Cristiano earlier that uh, that I actually read this on Twitter that there was somebody that said. Uh, with the with the sale of uh, of Juan Felix uh, for the amounts that they were, that Benfica was really gonna cement uh, themselves a place of dominance in the Portuguese league because when you get that much money in from a sale, uh, and not that you're gonna take all that money, you're just gonna buy players. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that Benfica paid for players that were overinflated in terms of uh, of the money. But this is really something that is going to solidify how competitive uh, Benfica can become. 
Uh, and Suarez, uh, the, the the CFO for Benfica, I forget what it, what his name is. Uh, I think it's a DSL. Domingo Suarez Oliveira. Uh, he mentioned in an interview to one of the financial magazines that that money was going to help Benfica, and this is something that Benfica, the guys from Benfica FM discussed last week. Um, that he was going that money was going to make Benfica more competitive without having to go buy players or raise players wages which you know the guys from Benfica FM also scratched their heads and said what does this really mean i mean more competitive i mean the only way i think myself along with millions of other benficistas are going to be content is if, yes, they get more competitive in the Champions League, get out of the group, don't get embarrassed, don't lose 5 nil to the bosses of the world. Because in the Campeonato Portuguese, in the Liga Nos, I think with the money from João Félix, without the money from João Félix, Benfica right now is so much better positioned than our direct competition that they're going to be competitive no matter what. I think if Benfica comes out of this, you know, winning the 38 and falling flat on their face in the Champions League, I still think a lot of people would not be extremely excited because we've done nothing different than what we did last year. It's about progressively getting better and putting yourself in a position to sustain um, this, to sustain this, you know, this positive run of results, to sustain this, uh, you know, the fact that Benfica's out there winning titles and competing for titles. That's what it's about. As a Benfica, you want Benfica to compete on all fronts. It's not just... Winning the you know the Campeonato Portugues, which Benfica was gonna do with that money from João Félix. Without that money, Benfica's most yeah. likely gonna compete for the title and take the title anyway. Now, what that does is allow Benfica to, uh, to 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 keep Ruben Dias for another year, to keep uh, you know Ferro once these offers start coming in. That's how Benfica will be more competitive if they're able to hold on yeah. to their jewels for another year or two rather than having to sell them off because they've got 120 for a player. That's really, if you combine, if you put it at $40 million, that's three players that Benfica didn't have to sell. Yeah. Just in one. And, and Benfica renewed uh, uh, another Tavares kid. Uh, yeah, and that, he got promoted. And, and this, this one is, is a natural right back. Uh, and apparently, from what Ebola was reporting, that this kid is going straight to the A team. He's going to be uh, working with the A team. Uh, Ebui apparently uh, hurt. Uh, Andre Almeida still hurt. So we're we're not sure what's going on with that right back situation. But it's it's been a position where Benfica has long, uh, or, or Benfica fans have longed for for a proper. Uh, a proper right back similar to what uh, Grimaldo could bring. Nothing against uh, Almeida, but as you know, and if you listen to our podcast, Almeida is a polyvalent. He's a he's a, 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 a master. What, how does it go? Uh, jack of all Swiss trades, Army master of none. Ja jack of all trades, master of of none. Uh, kind of like our producer on the podcast, <laughs> Bruno, like that. Dave. Um, What what are your thoughts, man, on uh, on Benfica becoming more competitive and really distancing themselves um, from their competitors? Uh, we see Sporting's in shambles. Porto is now uh, in, in in a bad spot, especially not being able to collect those forty million. Do you think that this this sell of of João Felix is is really going to propel Benfica into a different level than where our competitors are? Yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here and start 
thinking about our celebration at the end of the season here because there's still lots of uh, time to go. But the way we've handled our finances um, in recent past, even with the sale of João Felix, we've got this money uh, banked up here with the, the sale of our players. And like you've said, you've listed uh, some players, some key players. So uh, Porto's team where they didn't make a, a single dime off of uh, the sale of them and same thing goes with Sporting uh, last season too um, with uh, a lot of their players rescinding out of their contracts now it's gone through the courts and they didn't get uh, fair market value for those players but at least they did manage to uh, get some millions into the club and uh, so I think if anything Porto might be in more of a of a hole than uh, Sporting because uh, Sporting has has gotten some recovered some of those funds back, where Porto just let these uh, key players walk out uh, on a free transfer, and whether that's uh, on the players or the the club, either way, whoever was in charge of uh, managing and, and having a, a control over that has to uh, take some of the blame. So, in the short short term, I think this is going to play out uh, well for Benfica as long as we're we're smart with our money and don't start um, spending it like drunken sailors on these uh, young German strikers, young Canadian strikers, uh, and over inflating their their prices. We've got to be smart with our money, pay off the debt, hold on to these uh, young gems like uh, Cristiano said, and uh, give them the uh, the salary increases rather than going out and uh, spending them out on these. Uh, these young uh, kids like we used to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's that's all we got. Do you want to say something else? No, man. I mean, Dave, I, can I, you I, see I, what Benfica has got I still, uh, left for the for August? I still have a couple of things to say about this this weekend's game against Pasfarreira. It was good to, to see. Yeah, well, we've moved no, on but from it was that. good to see Chiquinho come on and play well. It was good to see Vinicius get his first minutes in a Benfica uniform and, and get on the score sheet. So uh, you know, all positive results. Uh, I think by that time the game is already out of hand. Uh, Pasfarreira playing down to ten men. But still, it's still good to see these guys make their debut at home. Uh, unhappy as a Tarabista, not to see my boy Tarab play. <laughs> but, uh, you know, still nonetheless excited for, for the other youngsters who got in there, the other new players who got in there and got to, to feel what it is to wear a Benfica shirt at home in front of that fantastic crowd and then, you know, get the all-important goal uh, to get the monkey off their back. We, we, the only negative, I would say, was, uh, you know, Raul de Tomas didn't get on a score sheet. Would like to see him get a, a goal early and just to see him as well lift that monkey off his back and hopefully uh, get him a little, you know, breathing a little bit easier going forward. Yeah. You know, and Samadis could have easily uh, left that one pass off to him rather than uh, trying to take it himself, give it over to our RDT, get him a nice tap in to get his first goal, get the monkey off his back, but... Uh... Well, oh, well, I, can't complain. I mean, as long as he doesn't miss as many as Seferovic. I mean, he missed one this weekend that I was like, holy cow, what the hell was that? He does the that first, every he week. He tried Come the on. first time with the right foot. Yeah, instead <laughs> with the, of what is weak foot? Well, instead of taking a touch, bringing it back to, to, to his you know, foot he's most comfortable with and then placing it. It is what it is, man. Look, it's it's the beginning of the season. It's early on. And if he's going to miss, let him miss in a game that's out of hand like this, a game that Benfica easily winds up winning in, in a 5 nothing manner. Hopefully... Um, you know, he gets, as you guys have mentioned, David loves Sferovic, but he also has the stats on how he misses uh, seven out of ten, whatever the hell it is. But he's going to get those misses, let him get them out the way. So like that, when, uh, you know, when, when, when the game's on the line and we need a goal, hopefully he, he comes through for us. 
Yeah, it was good to see Jota also because, uh, as been reported in the media, and it's a lot more quieter from what I've heard, uh, that there's some impasse in regards to uh, Jota's uh, renewal. Uh, so it's good that he's getting playing time because uh, that means that Laj believes in him and and, and obviously Jota is going to think that I do have a, a spot in this team. Uh, he's obviously getting minutes over Servi, who has been rumored to uh, be either be going to South America or there's even some interest in Europe for Servi. Uh, so, but it, it's good to see Jota getting the minutes because we need him engaged because the last thing we want is to lose Jota uh, because we all know that Jota at his, at his age level is a, a game changer. So we're hoping that he could develop and, and continue playing for Benfica and we see him for, for at least another year or a couple more years with the Benfica jersey. So what do we have uh, left in uh, August, Dave? We got the Bolinch, we got Porto. And then that's it because uh, the Braga game is already uh, September 1st. So it's just those two games to uh, yeah. finish up August. And then uh, I don't know if it was mentioned with uh, Porto losing today. Benfica has secured their spot in uh, pot two for the uh, Champions League uh, draw coming up at the end of uh, August here. It was not mentioned, but yes, Benfica did secure a spot in uh, in pot two. So that's uh, that's good news for Benfica because that kind of steers Benfica away from some of the, the sharks that could be found uh, and part two, and, and Dave, you actually sent uh, uh, an email, and these are um, some of the guys that are going to be in, in part two that Bifiga is going to avoid. Real Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid, Dortmund, Napoli, Shakhtar, Tottenham, uh, Ajax, if Ajax go, goes uh, goes uh, forward, and then Benfica, which is already clinched. So there's no uh, reason to believe that Ajax is is uh, not going uh, to go past. So Benfica will at least avoid those teams. As I mentioned, Real Madrid, Atletico, uh, Dortmund, Napoli, Donetsk, and Hot, uh, Hotspur, and Ajax. Uh, in pot one, already defined, Barcelona, Munich, Juventus, Manchester City, PSG, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Zenit. Zenit a pot one, Cristiano. I did not know that, that. That that goes to show you how shit the Portuguese league has been, how the how they've fallen down the coefficiency. Uh, and it's for Portuguese football. I know a lot of you guys are are debating or questioning me on, on Twitter, but I you know I'll share with you, Alfredo, what I said on Twitter that as a Benfiquista, I'm ecstatic. Basically, you know, to to to, to you know to summarize it, as a Benfiquista, I'm ecstatic that Porto obviously gets knocked out of the the, the Champions League. But as, as a Portuguese football fan, it's 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 a devastating day um, because when you're looking at one of the two big teams in Portugal and they're losing to the Crasso or whatever the hell their names are from Russia, it's a sad day. So, uh, but again, the 40 million not being injected into their bank accounts, fantastic to see. Porto was looking for that uh, Champions League money and Kras no dar. <laughs> is that Spanish? Is that Spanish? Kras no dar. Is that Spanish? No, it's just Portuguese with a Russian accent. Kras no dar. You know uh, what competition? They just... Uh... No, I'm, not, I'm not even going to get into Look, it. Look, I, I hate to, uh, yeah, to kind of kick, yeah. uh, kick people when they're down, especially because we haven't started our campaign so uh, i hate that that karma sometimes uh, that that has a way of coming around so look it is what it is anyway let's wrap this up next week we'll be back we'll recap the bonus game we'll look ahead to the classical the first classical 
of the season against Porto at Estádio de Luz. Uh, and um, that's pretty much it. Don't forget to check out our friends over at Planet Bifica, uh, uk. I haven't mentioned their name. Uh, they're still around, even though they're traveling the globe. But uh, Dave is... Uh, Dave is in charge of that. Not not this Dave. Not another Dave. Anyway, our friends over at Planet Pifica. Anyway, thank you very much for checking us out. You can find uh, us on uh, Twitter, at Pifica Podcast. Also on Instagram, Benfica underscore podcast is where you can find us. Go over there and, and follow us. Uh, Cristiano will be posting some pictures as well as our producer. Uh, Cristiano can be found on Twitter, at 10CO10. Dave at 87DO87 uh, and me at Talking to the Doll with Dude Being DA. Thanks, everybody. BifigaPodcast.com. Don't forget to check out Benfica Independent, Benfica FM, Brink do Batista, all of that good stuff. Take care. Mm-hmm.